dream enforced on her by her vow of obedience. Her entire life as a teaching nun, the headmistress of the academy, and finally, Reverend Mother, was enacted within the blessed confines of Mount St. Gabriel's. This year she is staying with Olivia Stewart Beeler, class of 1974, possibly her most satisfying class in 50 years of teaching. The 74 girls were easy. They were spirited without being spiteful, resourceful without being destructive. Her year with them, as headmistress she always taught the senior classes, had been a picnic after the stormy sixties and the detritus left in their wake. There had been other rewarding classes, of course, ranging from the bracingly challenging to the sweetly uneventful, as well as the poignant and sad ones such as 43 and 44, in which a total of six graduating seniors lost their fiancés in the European or Pacific theaters of war, and those once-in-a-while star classes, which kept her intellectually up to the mark, years in which a cluster of girls stood out and shone almost too brightly for the rest of the class's good, setting off undercurrents of resentment and grief in the less gifted. After that, the post-war daughters of the upwardly mobile, taking for granted their security. Even the pranks of those girls were fun-loving, rather than mean. And then, in the fall of 1951, the poisonous elements convened as the class of 55 entered their ninth-grade year and came under her charge. She still calls it the toxic year, and is uncertain to this day how much of the damage can be laid at her feet. A year better forgotten. Yet, fifty years later, she is still haunted by those girls. But now her old girls have persisted, and finally they have prevailed. They have persuaded her that she must write a memoir of the school, or, rather, talk it into this waiting machine shaped like a miniature spaceship. Otherwise, Mother, it will all be lost. Mount St. Gabriel's was the school of schools. Please, think about it over the winter. Remember all the assignments you gave us? Well, this is our assignment for you. It will be a fabulous story, Mother. Just start remembering, and we'll do the rest. We have the scrapbooks, the yearbooks, and the press clippings. We've even lined up a publisher. But we can't do it without your memories. That was last spring, and she had thought and prayed about it through the long Boston winter, and, if truth be told, had already composed substantial chunks of it in her head. Or, rather, allowed them to compose themselves. Now, this afternoon, in Olivia and Gudge's beautiful Mountain City home, she is about to begin. First of all, Mother, I want you to try this chair and see if it's comfortable for you at the table. The nun traces her fingers lightly across the mahogany curves of the top of the chair. It's one of your Chippendales. But this one has arms and a nice plain splat. 
I didn't want any ornament digging into your back. You are always so mindful of others, Olivia. She settles into the chair. Her hands reach out and explore the shadowy and shiny items on the library table. And you remembered I'm left-handed. Well, of course, Mother. You made it fashionable for the other Southpaws among us. And you always liked to doodle on a pad while you were thinking something out. Now, I just want to show you how to operate this recorder. This model is also capable of voice-activated recording, but we needn't bother about that now. I told Gudge you liked to be in charge and would prefer to have the old-fashioned option of starting and stopping on your own terms. But please remember, this is your vacation. Just do a little bit every day.